Hi, this is Lauren Engel of Sidewalk Talk. I did a bunch of interviews with my really good friend Mike Green in New York, and this was one of them. This one's an interview with two editors of Mixmag, the U.S. current CEO Rebecca Jolie and editor Nick DiCosimo. So we just talk about the current state of music, the print industry, the past, present, and future of Mixmag. So I hope you guys enjoy this. As a major publication in electronic music, where do you see the future of music journalism headed? Wow, let's you know, let's <laughs> go from zero to sixty straight away. Um, well, I mean, from our personal experience, I guess obviously Mixmag's journey has been, you know we were launched in nineteen eighty three, uh, and we started as like a subscription only like uh, fanzine basically for mobile DJs. It was mm-hmm. a completely different era, uh, and then over time, it's like the Acid House. Uh, explosion kind of started in the UK and it became this massive phenomenon Mix Mag became like the in-house kind of magazine for for that scene and kind of has grown and kind of documented it all you know all the way through its stage of its growth but we were you know we were a magazine we were a print uh, Mm -hmm. print entity you know Uh, when I joined in 2007 we were pretty much still just a magazine. We did other stuff like events and you know selling CDs and stuff like that, but we didn't have a massive digital presence. So I suppose like then the biggest change for us has been how we transitioned from being just a print entity to being like a. Well, firstly, we had to transition from not going out of business because so many magazines did, mm-hmm. you know? uh, and then also we had to become like a rounded 360 degree entity that does digital and events and you know all kinds of different stuff. So. I suppose the first the first thing would be um, fragmentation, yeah. Uh, you know, to a, to a degree. So it's not <clears throat> it's uh, it's like it's not just enough to like produce a magazine uh, and print it and sell it and sell advertising for it because it's just it's it's a tougher, tougher and kind of almost unsustainable model. So you kind of you need to be. You need to kind of be everywhere and do everything. If that makes do you, do you know what I mean? Is that is that kind of fake? The consumption of media has changed. Like yeah. people just used to you used to be able to plan it and write your kind of monthly articles, and people would wait for it to come out. And now mm-hmm. people want it not even every day or every morning. They're adapting to that has yeah. changes the way that the editorial is formed. I imagine from yeah. the editorial point, but. Yeah, it's just it's been a kind of adaptation. Yeah, so that and, and like yeah and, and um, yeah just and, and, and being really being really uh, fluid and, and maneuverable, I guess, because mm-hmm. you have to react. So you know, like if you look at previous history of like media, you know, print media didn't really change for like two hundred years. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Photos went from black and white to color or whatever, but it was pretty static. Whereas now there's a new development like every single week. So mm-hmm. you know, you have to be re- you have to be really kind of fleet of foot and be able to kind of. Uh, to work around that. I think the other big change also is, um, you know, back in the day, it was the the media outlets had the big circulation, mm-hmm. or they, they had the big audience, yeah. uh, so that, you know, uh, art, artists had to go via the magazine or the TV station or the radio station or whatever to, to, to be heard, whereas mm-hmm. now, lots of artists have a, an audience that actually dwarfs a lot of the media organizations, yeah. you know, so you have to kind of, you've not, that, so why would they want to work with a man, you know, why would they want to work with a media organization if they can talk directly to more fans through their own Facebook page or Twitter or whatever? Mm-hmm. So you just got to think cleverly like about, yeah, you've got to work a lot harder and you, you've got to be just clever about what you do. And I think for us, um, 
what what we've done is or what we have we're lucky enough to have luck and hard work is we've got kudos and credibility and heritage mm -hmm. so even a lot of you know a lot of artists that are on our cover or whatever might have a million facebook followers you know and actually they might have a they might have a social media footprint that's bigger than ours or whatever but there are only 12 artists every year who get to be on the cover of Mixmag. And yeah. there's a real kind of, they, they love that, you know. Mm -hmm. no, matter so. how many, no matter how much we talk about the fact that the print industry is going out of business, it still has so much value. There's still, still every DJ, it's the ultimate credibility for them to be on the cover of the magazine. And it may, yeah. the mm -hmm. circulation of the actual print magazine may have reduced over time, but it's still what everyone wants. It's still what everyone yeah. wants to take home and show their mums. Yeah. Yeah. So that's never going to die. It's always yeah. going to be there. But mm. I think moving forward, <laughs> I mean, I reckon it's just going to kind of be more of the same. Like, people's attention spans are so... People are so overwhelmed mm -hmm. with how much media and how much information mm -hmm. they have that I reckon the evolution, while we maintain what we have before, articles are going to get shorter, the volume is going to increase, and it's just going to continue like yeah. that, I think. And, and then to the distribution through multiple... People don't come to the same places for their information anymore yeah. they get served it in different ways and yeah. that's mm -hmm. what we need to move with and I, th I think that the key word is curation as well you know so like mm -hmm. like Rebecca said there's such so much digital data smog and they're bombarded with all of these options so you know for for us one of our primary roles is to be that guide for people to to take them to the best stuff and yeah. do the incisive interviews or make them laugh about something or, or whatever and, and yeah and kind of like be the filter, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. I think that's going to be big. Like the, the curation aspect is going to be big for. Like, that's an important thing for everybody. Yeah, I mean, how do you how do you adapt to the actual individual interests that you know? There's so many so many people out there. You know, so many different genres. It's it's so saturated the field of music now that how do you guys adapt to yeah. the individual in I, order to stay relevant? Yeah, I mean, I think. <clears throat> but you know what? I think actually you. you you do it almost by ignoring them, if that makes you sense. Still keep talking Be about what you think because is good and stay true to what makes my kids. Exactly that. Mm -hmm. and, and people will kind of explore everything else around it and kind of come back to that. We just keep telling the yeah. story and the evolution of electronic yeah. music, and it's always there and it's always evolving. And it, I, I think no, you're right. When you when you have infinite choice mm -hmm. to, like, to stand out, you have to stand for something. I think. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So mm -hmm. it's it's we 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 have a very as our editorial team has got you know we live and breathe this stuff. We've got a very focused idea about what we think is good and and, and what works, and I think you just have to stay true to that. Mm -hmm. And over time, <coughs> the people who you know people will come to you. you know? Yeah. As long as you're doing quality stuff and you hold your ground and you you know what I mean, you're doing stuff that you believe in. Because mm -hmm. I think. In that this world of like infinite choice or whatever, you can you can lose your way if yeah. you're trying to tailor your thing. You know what I mean? So, mm -hmm. Especially so with, use all the so modern techniques and you know and tactics and everything mm -hmm. else. But I think stay stay true to your core there values. Have, and there have been points I think historically. I mean, I'm relatively new to Mixed Mag, but where they've kind of we've grouped and discussed whether we kind of embrace a broader mm -hmm. field of. Yeah. music or whether we kind of go down the EDM route as it were or whether we try and kind of cast our net wider and the decision <coughs> always comes back to the fact that no this is what we know and this is us and this is what mm -hmm. we do and mm -hmm. this is the few we shaped the history of this music scene really and we when we've written about it all the way through and we will continue to do so and I think yeah it's staying true to it and it kind yeah. of retains yeah. its cut mm -hmm. through I mean, how, of that. 
originally from from being strictly you know <clears throat> DJ you know direct to DJs and not for the general population how do you think you know you you've evolved into into being for the everyday uh, person well I think it, it it's fair and Rebecca touched upon this earlier on you know people different members of our audience consume us in different ways mm -hmm. so like the magazine for example is I die hard yeah it's almost like a trade magazine in a way because mm -hmm. it's it, I mean it's a very good fun well designed and well written trade magazine <laughs> uh, but uh, but in, in you know in many ways it's like um, it's it, it, people who actually go out and spend that you know money on buying the magazine or either they're either DJs themselves or they're mm -hmm. aspiring DJs or they're promoters I mean not completely or yeah. they've got a really pretty strong interest in it mm -hmm. you know whereas previously you would have them and then you would have the people who just your casual Saturday night clubbers who just want to go out and like like, yeah. like the scene and they would buy Mixmag to see if their picture was in yep. Mixmag or whatever you know whereas now if you want to see people pictures of people at clubs you go on Instagram you go on yeah. like a different thing yep, so, yep. so like the, 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 the print aspect is, is quite you know it's die hard prosumer is the kind of wanky marketing term you know and then our wider audience would communicate with digitally you know we've got 4 million page impressions on our website a month, uh, 600,000 Facebook followers or whatever. And, and that is the more kind of consumer-facing, slightly, you know, you're still, they're still into the scene. Mm -hmm. slightly more passive. But, but slightly more passive and not as so deep in it as like, you know, all the kind of aspiring DJs and stuff yeah. like that. So yeah, and then, and then you've got a different, you know, like our Facebook audience is markedly different to our Twitter audience. Mm -hmm. And then we've got a really, our, Scout, our SoundCloud page is like one of the biggest non kind of artist pages, uh, all in SoundCloud actually, about 2.43 million, I think. Should sorry, sorry, 1.3 million. Apart from the website, our biggest audience now that's evolved is our video yeah. network audience, <coughs> our YouTube yeah. audience, Mixmag TV, and mm -hmm. that's where um, all our, I guess from the diehard fans to the more passive fans, that everyone is kind of using those the live streams that we do, all the content they produce, mm -hmm. whether it's they tune in and watch every single one and watch yeah. it avidly, or they use it as their kind of background soundtrack mm -hmm. to yeah. their night out or getting ready. Like that's where we've noticed we've we had mm -hmm. 50 million people so far who've watched our live streams since oh. we started the lab recently, like mm -hmm. in the last couple of years. So mm -hmm. that's actually. <coughs> different kind of audience altogether who yeah. don't necessarily want to read about everything that's going on but enjoy the performance mm -hmm. enjoy the, music. the yeah, artists exactly. that yeah. we select and create mm -hmm. yeah so I mean yeah. you, you, so I was just, just reflective mm -hmm. of the wider migration towards video as well you know and people sure. just people just want it, just generally to be entertained more. yeah exactly mm -hmm. lazy bastards not just <laughs> <laughs> read <laughs> read the magazine <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you think that that's like, where? Can somebody read it out for us? Please? Like, maybe that's an idea, right? Copy a mix mag with a reader. A DJ comes to your house and reads the with a, with a soundtrack, with, with a, a soundtrack, and maybe a mime artist who acts it out or something. Sorry. See, this, see, this is how we evolve. Exactly, multimedia. There you go. Yeah, I mean, do you think you know in the next? Do you think that's where where it's all gonna go? Just direct to to video, direct to YouTube. I think it's going to that will grow and the balance will shift towards that but like I said before I think there will still always be the mm -hmm. component it just the, the percentage the proportion of it will shift there's, there's to video, for sure yeah, yeah. and then yeah. Diff different people like different things as well mm -hmm. some people like the funny quirky stuff that we'll do online some people like the more polemic kind of in-depth opinion pieces some people just want to go to our SoundCloud and find out what the new what new tunes are coming out you know mm -hmm. we have a really well curated 
SoundCloud page. We just launched a Spotify radio show, which is kind of playlist based. So two of our star uh, staff members from London um, have uh, started this radio show, which is fantastic. Spotify really kind of getting behind it, and and then some people like to sit on the toilet and read the Mac as well. You know, I think it's something all this up is the fact that we used to have a singular focus, which was yes. creating a magazine, and mm-hmm. now it's. We have so many, an increasing number of channels, and yeah. I think yeah. our biggest challenge but opportunity is just making sure we have the right content for the right people who consume it on those channels. And mm-hmm. it's Touchwood, it seems to be working yeah. so far, and that's why, <laughs> which is really something, this kind of evolution of the content side of it, yeah. as well as the editorial side of yeah. it, is what's really kind of spurred our move over here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The opportunity to kind of be doing more of that. Cool. And then, how do you how do you stay relevant? You know, across country to country. I mean, being an international publication, you well, have all these social channels. You have you have the print publication. You have yeah. the videos. How do you kind of determine? You know, what's going to be or or what will be relevant? That's definitely a challenge. And I mean, we've what we we in, historically we licensed Mixmag in different countries, so we do have in key countries. <clears throat> so we've had that kind of international component, and mm-hmm. um, but. Our U.S. is obviously a, the most key market for us outside where we started in mm. Europe. And so that's why to do that and to do it effectively and to build this audience here, we've needed to physically move here and to hire yeah. people on the ground here. We're mm-hmm. building an editorial team on the West Coast and the East Coast so mm-hmm. we can actually serve that relevant content to people. And it's, I mean, yeah, it's kind of part. Our social channels are still global and we, as we evolve, maybe we might end up having to change that, but right now it works. And I think focusing on Europe and US, and we've just we're just kind of moving and opening the labs in Sydney. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they're all kind of English-speaking countries, so it works. But we definitely, as we have, we've and it's something we've encountered even in the last month as we grow here. We need to, and we increase the volume across our social channels, for example, that we're that we're putting out there with content. We need to kind of figure out what's most relevant for people and how we target them without mm. saturating yeah. everyone with irrelevant info. I, I mean, guess. I, I think as well, just to add to that, you know, there's a, a few things. Firstly, we only only employ people who get it. You know, so um, every you know, I think pretty much every member of the team. If you cut them, they'll bleed beats. You know, it's like the um, the. Living, breathing. Living, yeah, completely, yeah. Uh, dance floor machines. So, so there's that. With with the foreign, uh, a lot of the foreign dishes, uh, some of them are, are franchised, but the people are very strictly vetted, and we have like a Grand Valleys kind of guideline stuff. Mm-hmm. And then it's, um, but yeah, and, and a lot of the stuff we do is global. It's a lot of it is global content, you know. So even if you're writing about like a cool new grind club in East London. Mm-hmm. There's a kid in LA that really wants to hear about that as yep. well, you know. And there's this yeah. like kind of a, so it's like you know, it's a really. I mean, we do exist in this global village, you know. Mm-hmm. That's that's kind of it's kind of what it is. So, so that does make some of it some of it easy. But you know, like Rebecca says, you just monitor stuff. You you listen to kind of local sensitivities. You work out what's going to work regionally. And you just have really good people on the ground but that I you trust. The more we can be telling the global story, and the world is tiny these days, yeah. so it's actually really relevant for people mm-hmm. in France to yeah. be reading about what's happening in New York, yeah. Yeah. vice versa. And I think that's our job is to tell the global, take it broader and tell the global story. Yeah. And I think as long as we're doing that in a relevant way yeah. that has appeal and... Because it is a community. It's a, it's a global community, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? That's, that's what, you know, and it, um, from... 
when I started going out clubbing or whatever, and it was Such it, a long time. we're back in the horse and cart days, like in the steam when record players were steam powered. So back in the uh, 1800s, yeah, about say? 18, yeah, back, back in the 70s, back yeah, the 1870s. And, uh, no gray hair, you know, yeah, working, it's working well for you. Old uh, Grecian 2000s. <laughs> uh, I get a few on my chin now, actually, but um, but you know, That's one of the hair yeah, exactly right. It's hard, hard on the chin. Though. One, you know, one of the one of the things that you will hear people saying repeatedly. Over and over again, it was definitely the case for me. Was uh, you know you felt you were part, you got introduced to this community, and you were doing mm-hmm. this cool, slightly kind of maverick renegade, you know. And it's like you really felt like you you know, and it was a community. And now you've got that, but it's because of communications and the web and everything else. It is genuinely a global community, you know. Yep. So we're like, we're serving, you know, we we are bringing these fans of this wonderful culture and lifestyle that we all love so much we're kind of bringing them together and, and mm-hmm. they'll connect whether they live in Cape Town or California or, yeah. or London or and they'll travel to the stuff we're writing about oh, you know, it's not, yeah. the best stuff. it didn't used to be like that but no. now you know we can write about something that's happening in Cape Town or India and mm-hmm. people will read it and travel to it so it actually is relevant yeah. outside its locality as well mm-hmm. which is amazing or watch your streams yeah. I mean, oh, oh, yeah. Although, actually, when we or, or they'll, you know, smoke a spliff and watch our streams <laughs> while they're like <laughs> stuffing their faces with Pringles <laughs> in their underpants. On the toilet. I like you know? to think our audience is global travelers, but yeah. that's probably not. <laughs> it's, it's a mix. <laughs> you know, honestly, uh, most of the audience probably just sits on the toilet. Yeah, I think right. that's totally true. Uh, <laughs> a lot of people use a lot of people use the lose like the lab streams or whatever stuff for like backtrack like for parties and stuff like that which I mm-hmm. love as well. You know yeah, what I mean? like they'll put it on and they'll check it. Oh, check it when you set trucks and mix. You do for you know what I mean? And they'll sit and get drunk and hang out and dance or whatever. With, yeah, which again is like amazing. It's great, but yeah. yeah. What do you think blogs come into play like amongst this this kind of world of, of publications you know I, f- I feel like especially now because of Instagram because of, of Facebook you know or the the magazine world mm-hmm. is so is also saturated just like there there are yeah um, just like there's thousands of, of music genres now you know there's there's deep house there's deep yeah. deep house there's deep tropical house like I think it definitely makes things harder but it also for someone like us who's been around for 33 years mm-hmm. it, I think we all still have a place in that. I think yeah. it's very easy for newer entities to come and go and mm-hmm. to try and to try and achieve cut through. But we're in a very fortunate position that I think we have we've got longevity and we've got that heritage and we've got that reason and proven reason to mm-hmm. be around mm-hmm. and in existence and to be a um, a well respected voice in it because we are and we have been for so long and we don't have to kind of try and prove ourselves again mm-hmm, against mm-hmm. those but it's I mean I think it's brilliant that everyone can have a platform and yeah. speak as much as they want and have their own opinions but I think we can live alongside that in a good way yeah absolutely and I, I just I think it's like it's like anything you know the cream will rise to the top mm-hmm. and there's there are terrible blogs and there are some amazing blogs. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, Pitchfork was a blog yeah. when it started, yep. you know, and it's, 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 you know, I think it's, uh, so, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a lot of crap, but, but equally, like if something's really good and then it will, you know, it will kind of, it'll, it'll show itself. But yeah. I think we are, it, 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 it does help to have, cause I think people can be quite, are quite, and rightly so sometimes a bit dismissive of like, Oh, will you do an interview for my blog? You know, and it's a bit so to have like that, have that kudos and credibility and all the rest of it. But 
it works really well for us. But mm-hmm. that's 33 years of hard work too, you know, 33 yeah. years of, of building a brand and doing stuff that being solid and doing good work and, mm-hmm. you know, and rising to the top for, for those reasons, you know. So if you're not good, if you're not doing good quality stuff, yeah. then you won't have an audience. Yeah. You know? I mean, what do, you, what do you think the importance of a blog is? And uh, how, do you, how do you think those lines are blurred between an actual blog versus yeah, I mean, Yeah, I mean, what, what's, you know, what's, you know, I think it's like, what's the difference? It's, it's, I, I guess, you know, there are, so, there are so many blogs that just started out as one-man shows, but mm-hmm. were really good one-man or one-woman shows, sorry. Yeah. Uh, and over time, uh, over time, you know, kind of, uh, or maybe a man and a woman, a man and a donkey, one man, don- one donkey, and a- whatever works. Donkey, no, the hooves. <laughs> you just get a lot of like jibber jabber. They like video. Um, like some vlogs. <laughs> a, you, you, so, so I think I think it's like it, it's good to have that robust like mm-hmm. critique and people talking about stuff and you know, but but ultimately. It's it's like I said, just it just com- really comes back to, to quality. Through. Yeah, yeah, like, it's hard. There's so you know? much noise out there, and yeah. everyone mm-hmm. has an opinion, which is brilliant. But how do you cut? Through yeah, how do you that? cut and through? Yeah. How do people? Yeah, how do people figure out where mm-hmm. to go for what? And mm-hmm. I think it's great to have this landscape <coughs> where we can are in a great position where we can be an authority, but mm. then people can kind of broaden their searches mm-hmm. for everything around. Yeah. that and kind of look for specific commentary but I think we can hopefully still be the straight up kind of yeah. voice mm-hmm. it's a great um, it's a great recruiting ground <laughs> yeah for, 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 for new talent and stuff mm-hmm. looking at new rates and stuff that come through so yeah. I'm not dismissive of, of I mean I, it is what it is there's good and bad and everything yeah. mm-hmm. I mean you know going from the blog world to an actual publication um, you need a lot of money uh, changing gears a, a bit, mm-hmm. uh, where blogs can run on just strictly ads, and back in the day, you guys did probably run on on just strictly ads, but now you know the the world's changing. There's there's digital um, feeder throws like an event every week. Mm-hmm. So how do you guys stay afloat amongst all of this? Um, I mean, we still have we still sell the print magazine Mm -hmm. we still have the kind of straight up ad revenue that comes with that and with the digital counterpart but it's actually interesting the kind of evolution in how we how you finance a business like this and a lot of it comes whether you kind of it can be something that's dismissed as I guess being overly commercial but we work with a lot of brands and the reason that they work with us is that they come to us for a really kind of credible authentic which Mm -hmm. I hate that word but authentic connection to the audience and we only work with brands that we feel really understand the values and give us the freedom to do what we want to do so Mm -hmm. we're working with Smirnoff on these labs they've not tried to change it they've not tried to inform what they do they've Mm -hmm. not tried to corporatize it or kind of stick their branding all over anything they're actually an amazing brand in terms of the fact that they they know that we are going to do this better than they will ever be able to do Mm -hmm. as a brand team so they kind of facilitate some of the work we do and that's the kind of the evolution of it moving forwards and media sales, ad sales, sales of the print magazine will always be there but we now work with brands and I guess more kind of integrated partnerships so we'll create an event for them which will then live stream which mm-hmm. will then distribute and amplify through our media channels and we can actually be kind of a rare entity in that we can offer that as a solution mm-hmm. to brands. You know, we're, we're not an agency 
because we have the media title, but yeah. we can kind of function in that way. And we're the probably the most the biggest experts in this electronic music scene that that is around. So if anyone wants to connect with that audience, we we're really a bit of a go-to for it and a one-stop shop, and we can offer yeah we can offer all of that. And that's just a great way for us to look at. Oh, it's sunny. That's a great. Hey man, So it's actually it's a really a really great opportunity for us to be able to keep revenue coming in, which means we mm -hmm. can keep doing what we do. We can keep creating really cool stuff. We can keep printing the magazine. We can keep creating events on the mm -hmm. live stream. And so, if you get it right, <coughs> working with brands can be a really great thing to do. And they've definitely evolved from five years ago, where everyone just wanted to stick a logo on something. Yeah. And um, so it's actually it's been it's great. And we just it's but you just have to continue to get it right and to mm -hmm. do it in the right way that you don't alienate the audience and make them think that they're being paid for by Bud Light or whatever. Yeah, sponsored by Shamir. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> but I think we do that well, and I think because we've proven our <coughs> credentials over such a long period of time, people the brands brands don't try and change what we do. They actually let mm -hmm. us and let us kind of inform what happens and then mm. get and how they should be involved in it. Yeah. And then you mentioned Smirnoff as as more corporate. Yeah. Um, how do you being around since the the seventies? Eighties, eighties, eighties. Eighty-three. You know, what do you think of yourselves as? Um, are you corporate? Like, are you? Corporate? No. <laughs> we're a business. We're, we're, we're so far from. So yeah, we're. Very <laughs> um, oh god, it's the mix my Christmas Christmas party tomorrow in London. Or, <laughs> that we're, it's not we're, we're a business, but we're definitely mm -hmm. not corporate. We're we under, we have more of an understanding of how to work with more. They don't think men are corporate, but they are a corporation. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they are. We have more of an under, a kind of understanding of how to work with them mm -hmm. than previously but yeah. as an entity we're definitely not corporate yeah. but that's why brands want to work with us because yeah. they don't want someone else mm. some other kind of person who's mm -hmm. working finance or whatever or gone through yeah. the, like telling them what they need to do they need the people like us who are out on the streets and out mm -hmm. in the clubs and kind of working with them with this music the whole time to tell them how they should be doing it and yeah. so we obviously adapt to be able to speak their language mm -hmm. but no we're yeah not. <laughs> i mean I, I i only say that because i think of billboard yeah um more of as a corporation yeah um so that's kind of you know, yeah where... definitely and we stay you know we're independently owned and that hasn't mm -hmm. changed we're yeah. not we've not been bought out by a big conglomerate or anything yet mm -hmm. and it just means that it that we still have the freedom to do it how we want to do mm -hmm. it and we yeah. still have we don't have to conform to a lot of different kind of regulations we can still we run this how we want to run isn't it's through passion mm -hmm. more than anything else and that's what now i think people are do this kind of advent of the brands coming on board with this is because they see that and we mm -hmm. actually versus a an entity not naming any names but that's become a lot more kind of a, mm -hmm. of a business model and <clears throat> together with other companies has become very kind of formulaic and yeah. run by people who don't live and breathe it mm -hmm. we still do and I think that really is what sets us apart yeah yeah. And then <laughs> that's my question <laughs> 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 I like that the like boss lady says it <laughs> 
sagging. <laughs> um, and then going back a few years, I mean, this is probably more you to the early 2000s. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> okay uh, this meme is really getting boring now, actually. This is, yeah. this is workplace, since, since you ride a horse and buggy is, to work. This is, this is workplace bullying here, all right? Anyway, go on. Um, you guys had a record label. Uh, yeah, I mean, we, we, yeah, I mean, not so much, it was more a... <laughs> you did, um, you released what, like a, a 43 track compilation? Yeah, we would release, I mean, we still do actually, we still okay. release uh, a lot of our cover mix CDs, mm-hmm. it's quite a big demand. First, that was what I first knew of Mixmag, I still have all <laughs> yeah. the Mixmag, that was what everyone knew about it, when I was at yeah. university in the... <coughs> Late 90s, yeah. everybody had, each CD. month would wait for the Big cover deal. CD. Yeah. You would walk down the halls in the halls of residence and everyone would be playing the same like, yeah. bass CD. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's actually another one of those things that stuck in people's mm-hmm. minds. Like Whenever I go back and talk to people about the fact that I work yeah. at Mixmag now, everyone's always like, oh, I've got those CDs su- back at home. Super iconic. You know, this, yeah. Obviously, this is pre-SoundCloud, pre-internet, or whatever. Yeah. So it was a real, I mean, it's, it's less of a valuable commodity now. Mm-hmm. So it was a real... You know, it's a real asset. We've actually just recently stopped doing the cover CD because CDs. Yes, nobody has. <laughs> like, wait, wait, what is this <laughs> thing? Like, is this an ear? Are these earrings? You know, uh, so we replaced it with a snazzy little download card, actually, which is quite a quite a cool little collectible thing. Yeah, it's the same principle. Then you get next piece, but it's actually so cover star is always the mix. Yeah, so cover star does yeah. the mix. Mm-hmm. But funnily, like mix mag. For it, when it first launched, it used to come with a tape called mm-hmm. the Mega Mix, which is like a different Are we feature, like a cassette, like a cassette tape. <laughs> yeah, you may never see. I know, right? Yeah, he's, he's sorting his app, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right? Uh, and then Mixmag also. You used to spend all your time with a pencil. Yeah, exactly. Trying to get the tape. Trying to get the tape to turn. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> a viral. Um, uh, Mixmag also did the very first legal compilation CDs. Okay. Yeah, so like mix, like compilation mix CDs. Mm-hmm. Um, that was, yeah, Mixmag did those and used to sell them, like, mm. back in the day. Uh, it was actually called the Mixmag Live series. And um, so now we still, we do, you know, a lot of our CDs, our cover mixes then go through and they go into iTunes and they're mm-hmm. sold through lots of, lo- lots of different outlets. So we have, a, we have a record label in that respect, but if we don't... We have a type. <coughs> yeah, we don't have a label in that we're not <clears throat> trying to break artists or... You know, mm-hmm. But you never know, maybe... Yeah. Probably a bit of a conflict of interest there is probably the reason why we mm-hmm. why we don't do yeah, that. But yeah. <coughs> Agnostic. You yes, thank yeah. you. That's what I'm yeah. looking for. Um, <laughs> anything else to add? I don't know. That was who talks quite a lot, even for me, yeah. <laughs> who talks a lot. You know, you get your point. You're going to have to listen. To I know. Yeah, I'm, I'm not. Um, but yeah. I think. Pinet, we're just really. We've always been here. And we've always had a presence in the years. So we've always covered uh, what's yeah. going on here in the scene, and it's always been a real kind of informant and helps steer the direction of our content. So it's mm-hmm. so good to actually be here and have boots on the ground and yeah. to actually have a presence mm-hmm. where we that we can build even yeah. more. We're kind of really excited to be coming full circle with the electronic. It's music. super super exciting. Yeah, it's great, and also you know, and this is to be. Also in the country that invented dance music, you know, that invented house music and techno and, yeah. and, and whatever else, and then kind of, you know, not 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 that it was ignored, but it was, you know, it wasn't like um, it was taken to the heart more in yeah. Europe and in the UK. Uh, and then of course you had the whole EDM thing yep. here, which was which was which was cool in one respect, but in also it was kind of awful in in mm-hmm. some other respects. You know what I mean? There was some good stuff happening, there was some quite bad stuff happening, but. Yeah. You have this massive cohort of people who got into electronic music from that EDM 
wave mm-hmm. who now want to dig deeper and look for more interesting than an of us or Seth Dotter yeah. or Jamie Jones and that's where that's our role that's where we come in because, yeah I feel like it's you know, the most perfect time there's been so many points over exciting. the past 33 years that Mixmag could have actually launched here officially as a yeah. business mm-hmm. but now it feels like such the right time and there's such so, a huge yeah, kind of robbing culture of people who yeah. are really into they discovered like they went to the festivals they went to the, to, for the main <coughs> stage artists then when they were there they discovered things on other stages and they've started mm-hmm. to understand that there's so much more to it than just this kind of EDM main stage thing and I yeah. think perfect timing for us to be here and we're just kind of we're here to not take over or tell other people Mm -hmm. how it's done but just to kind of join this party and give people another opportunity to discover as much as they can about this broad spectrum of electronic music that we love Mm -hmm. and we are really happy that other people are starting to explore it as much as we are and we're here to be a voice in it basically but yeah we're really happy and excited to be in deep as brooklyn (laughs) i know yeah (laughs) Indeed, as Brooklyn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool.